Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 200. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have the fabulous Lisa Woodruff here with me today. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. I'm super excited to be here. Glad you could make it on. So let's tell our audience a little bit about you, and then, of course, you can help us fill in any gaps. So Lisa is a professional organizer and productivity specialist from Cincinnati, Ohio. She has helped thousands of women to reclaim their homes and finally get organized with her practical tips, encouragement, and humor through her blog and podcast, Organize365.com. She is the best-selling author of The Mindset of Organization, Take Back Your Home One Phase at a Time. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. And what gaps would you add to that or what other things do you think are important for the audience to know about you before we dive in here today? You know, I think one of the things that I've learned over the last five years of working with people specifically on getting their home organized is that they feel like you're either born organized or you're not. And I'm here to say it is a skill that you can learn. Everybody can learn to be more organized, learn to be more productive. And so when you come at it from that mindset that you can really learn a lot. And over time, I've realized there are four different phases of life a woman goes through as she organizes her home. And understanding what phase of life you're in will really help you with different strategies that will be successful for you. There is no one-size-fits-all organizational solution. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love this topic because I am a firm believer that um, how you do something is how you do everything. And if your life is full of clutter and your house is full of clutter, that it impacts your mindset, your ability to be productive, and ultimately your business success. What has your experience been in observing those things, Lisa? Yeah, I think that when you're your calendar's cluttered, when your house is cluttered, you just don't feel your best. You feel like you're missing something or you're spending a lot of time looking for things and you don't have the freedom and the time to do what you were created to do. Most people are not in love with organizing like I am and they get organized as a means to an end to have enough time to chase after their true passion and the thing that they were put on earth to do. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Now, you have had some amazing success, including um, being featured and interviewed over 50 times on the talk show Living Dayton on WDTN, Dayton Fox Morning, um, Cincinnati, Ohio's Q102, and so many more. So obviously, this is a big topic that people are struggling with. Why is this such an issue for us these days? Well, I think, you know, we live in such a Pinterest and social media instantaneous world. And when we say, okay, I'm going to devote the whole day to organizing. And at the end of the day, it's more of a mess than when you started, because that always happens. People get frustrated and they think, you know, why can't I devote a whole weekend and get my whole life organized? I think part of the problem is people go to the stores, they buy all the fun, cute containers and they bring them home, but that doesn't solve the problem. You have to start by deleting and purging things and then containerizing what is left. So a lot of what is marketed as organization is really storage containers and not the process of truly looking at and organizing your life. 
Aha. Yes, I can definitely see that. You're kind of shuffling things around from one place to the other instead of actually getting organized and actually um, getting rid of things, which I think is the hardest thing to do. Um, so where do we get started with this? How do we start to um, minimize the clutter in our lives, in our homes, um, so that we can think clearly and be more proactive? And, and especially, I love this topic because we're getting towards the end of the year, and I believe to be your best in all facets – you know, th this is an element that all of us could improve on. So a lot of us, like we're going to get organized. So we jump into our master closet or we empty everything out of the kitchen pantry. That's usually where people like tend to start. And I tell people to start with this concept I have called the Sunday basket. And really it's a family inbox. So mine is a basket that I go through on Sunday. Some people have a Friday box or a Tuesday bag. But the idea is that you have one location for everything that is paper and needs to have action taken on it. So like Madison's checkup appointments would go in the Sunday basket instead of on the kitchen counter. And like even your interviews that you have scheduled, if you have those printed out, your assistant prints those out for you, they would go in the Sunday basket instead of on your desk. And then every Sunday you go through that basket, you empty it out, touch everything in that basket and decide what am I going to do this week and what can I procrastinate proactively until weeks later, what can wait until Sunday and just kind of make your agenda based on those things. But the nice thing about the Sunday basket is that that is a place for actionable paper to live. We have kitchen counter paper clutter and we have papers in our laundry room and in our car and our garage because we set them down because we aren't going to file them and we're not going to shred them. We have to do something with them. So if we have one place where we can put everything that needs action then we won't spend so much time looking for misplaced papers. That way, when you dive into your master closet and you found out that you didn't send in that note to Johnny's school to go on that field trip, you could just go to the Sunday basket, grab the paper, sign it, give it to Johnny and get back to your closet and not feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know where that paper is. I'm such a bad mom. Oh my gosh, I love that. So, and what I like about that is, you know, I feel like, you know, we typically have like a cleaning person come during the week and then on the weekend we try to like, you know, re-clean up again, which I feel like is a never-ending battle with a two-year-old and two dogs in my house. I literally, we just feel like we're always on the treadmill of trying to like get the house organized. But I think we kind of go through that process of what you're talking about with the Sunday basket, except it's on the counter every week. And I think that the way that we approach it is feeling frustrated um, and kind of annoyed that we just did this and we have to do this again. And what I'm kind of hearing from you is by creating the Sunday basket, it's already somewhat organized. It's in a specific place and you're building a routine around going through it. So instead of it being like a frustration that this is coming up again, it's more of just a set routine that you quickly and easily work through on an ongoing basis. Yes, because didn't you originally, like I thought when I heard going paperless, I thought there will be no more kitchen counter paper pile. Like if I could go paperless, if I could go electronic, it would eliminate these piles of paper and then I won't have to deal with them. But the bottom line is there's always going to be a pile of paper in your kitchen. So make it look pretty. Right? I like it. I like it. Yes. And I completely agree. All right. No, that's great. Okay. So that's our starting point. Talk to me about some of the other simple, easy ways that we can um, get into this process of getting organized and decluttering our lives. 
So once you have a Sunday basket, which typically takes people four to six weeks to get into a routine of doing that on a regular basis, then it's a matter of starting the whole house organization project. So I have a couple of whole house organizing solutions where you can jump in and do it in 100 days. You can do it in the 40 weeks of the school year. And I guide you through going through your house that way. But if you don't want to go through something structured like that, then let's just say it's November right now as we're recording this. So in November, people naturally want to organize their kitchens because in the United States, we're going to have Thanksgiving and people will be in those kitchens. So do a drawer a day, do a cabinet a day, do one small space, take everything out, look at it, put it back in. And the reason why professional organizers will tell you to take everything out of that space is because if you take all the glasses out of your cabinet and put them on your kitchen counter, you'll go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to use all these glasses. And you'll start to get rid of some. If you just open the cabinets and look in there, you go, yep, that's all good. I want all that. It's the physical act of putting it somewhere else that makes you think about whether or not you want to take the effort of cleaning it and putting it back in that cabinet. Same thing if you're going to do your closet, like take all of the pants out of your closet and put them on your bed and try them all on. Because let me just tell you, even if you gain or lose weight, pants stink like they're horrible. If they don't fit now, they're not going to fit later. A top, yeah, you can have bigger, smaller tops. But pants, like if they're not fitting now, just get rid of them. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. I, I couldn't <laughs> agree. Okay, so no, I like it. Okay, so what do you think? So let me ask you this, Lisa. Let's pause there for a quick second. How did you get into this to begin with? Like what made you decide to really focus your business and your energy around this, this minimalism and organization and that kind of thing? So in 2012, I turned 40 and I quit my teaching job mid-year. Big no-no, by the way. And I was launching a new business and because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And I thought, OK, what am I what could I talk about every single day for the next 20 years and never get tired of talking about it? And it was organizing. And I launched my blog and my professional organization business. And within a couple of years, I realized that this is a skill I can teach through podcasting and through courses online. Like a, a professional organizer is amazing if you can afford one, but most people can't or they don't have one in their area. And so taking that information and being able to share that online and mostly really empowering people with the idea that you're not either born organized or not. Like you can learn this skill. It's a skill just like anything else. And I don't think that message was out there. Yeah, no, I love that. And I'm really excited to hear you, you know, taking it to the podcast and to the online courses and digital products and stuff like that. Because one of the things that I hear on my weekly webinars from people all the time is that they're struggling to see how they can move from being like the service provider, the practitioner to, you know, having that passive recurring revenue and, you know, having that, that income coming in through other products and things that are, you know, unrelated to them directly delivering their service. And I think this is just a great example of maybe a business that you wouldn't think could cross that bridge, but obviously you've done that very, very well. So it's really nice to hear you give that example. And I love that. And I'm hoping the wheels are turning for some of our listeners that have maybe been questioning, can that strategy work for them? Yes. And I, you know, I am an avid Kelly Roach listener, so I've listened to all of them. And whenever you have a service professional on that is explaining how they've bridged this gap, I'm like in my car going, yes, that's what, you know, or, or if it's somebody who's trying to grow an online business and you're giving your sales strategy tips, I think that having a service-based business to start is just, you know, the value from that you cannot even quantify. 
having organized hundreds of women in Cincinnati was when I realized where they get stuck, how I can motivate them, the different phases of life that women go through. Like as a professional organizer, I can organize a seven-year-old little girl one day and a corporate executive the next, and it's no big deal for me. But you have to talk to those people differently. They have different needs, different ways they use their space, different ways they organize their time. And having done so many in-home physical service-related tasks, I now can, in my mind, bring up all those stories as I'm talking about how do you organize a kid's bathroom. I could think of the dozens of kids' bathrooms that I've organized over the years and what works and what doesn't work and what all different kinds of bathrooms look like. So that time that you spend as a service professional, you can charge a great dollar per hour, launch your business. I mean, I wouldn't have the blog and podcast if it weren't for the service related part of my business, because bringing an in income in a service business is what has kept my business float long enough for the podcast and the rest of it to take off. Yep, that's exactly the model that we teach in The Unstoppable Entrepreneur. So I'm really, really glad to hear that. And I think that most people want to skip right to the digital online empire and they don't have enough build up in the service space end of their business in order to do that. And that's where kind of the trouble comes in because it's having those, I always call them your 10 core in scope, high dollar clients that's really your launching pad for making strategic investments in advertising and visibility, hiring, you know, getting help in your business, all of those things. So that's perfect, Lisa. That's such a great example. And uh, I'm glad that we could kind of cross back and forth between the organization as well as um, the, the business building progression, because I think you're, you know, a great example of what we're trying to teach here on the show, which is excellent. So you were a teacher. Now you're doing organizing. Um, you talked a little bit about the Sunday basket. You talked a little bit about how to um, get started with different areas of your home and how it's important to make sure you actually take everything out um, and see what needs to go versus just reorganizing what's already there and, and ending up keeping everything. What are some other things that we can do to like break free of the clutter syndrome, of the accumulation syndrome, you know, to just, you know, create more space, both mentally and physically in our lives to produce at a higher level. So my book is called The Mindset of Organization because I am a, a vision person. Like whenever you take those tests, I'm always thinking like five, 10 years out and where I see things going. And right now I've been doing a lot of study on different generations and how different generations look at stuff. So while I've identified there are four different phases of life, you are in the accumulation phase with your new baby and house and new business and all of those things. I am in the survival phase with teenagers and I'm over 40 and I had to take care of my parents' estate when my, my father passed away. And then there's the downsizing and legacy phase, which currently is baby boomers and the survival, uh, not survival, baby boomers and the silent generation are in that stage of life. And when you think about accumulation of stuff and you think about the generation that you are, we all have accumulated stuff differently. So if we take the baby boomers, for example, who were in their prime earning years in the 80s and 90s, which was the height of materialism, which goes on an 80-year cycle, just like finances do and everything else. That was when uh, we were really into accumulating stuff. People worked really hard for their money, and then they would buy stuff. Like they would stand in line overnight outside of a toy store to get a Cabbage Patch doll. Like we wouldn't mm -hmm. do that today, okay? Mm -hmm. Because their 12-year-old, I didn't get one, by the way. I'm a little upset about that still. <laughs> My parents wouldn't do it. 
I didn't have it. But I had friends who like literally had every single Beanie Baby still in the box in the little cases. You know, like we were big into collecting and materials yes. and having stuff. And then uh, Gen X, we just skip over my generation. And then we go to millennials. And millennials are much more interested in the sharing economy, experiences, and minimalism. Well, even though each of these generations have a different way of how they've accumulated stuff, the whole world is also going towards minimalism. So while baby boomers are naturally starting to downsize their houses, nobody's upsizing. Like, so all generations are naturally going for this more simple type life. And all of this stuff is coming out of the home. So when you look at it that way, the conversation that I really want to facilitate online is that each person is valued, that the amount of work they've done to accumulate what they have accumulated in life is valued, that their stuff is valued. And then as they downsize it, they feel like they've made a contribution. So the story I see often in homes is that the baby boomer has accumulated stuff for their children who are Gen X or millennials, and they've saved it all in their basements. And then they're getting ready to naturally downsize their house. And they look to the Gen X and the and the millennial, and they say, here are all your Cabbage Patch dolls. Here are the 49 Barbies that we bought you. And we're saying, we don't want them. Right, and they're saying, what do, you, right. what do you mean you don't want them? Do you know how much money we spent on this? Do you know that we saved this? We had to drive to Tokyo to get what? I mean, like they have like all these stories. And so they are feeling devalued and that all of the time and effort and work they did to accumulate this stuff for us, grandma's China, all this stuff, that, that we don't want in our houses, they're feeling like we're just saying, yeah, that's great, we don't want it. And so they're feeling devalued, which really what we're saying is, we would rather you tell us about your first Barbie doll that you had, relive it, and then donate it to the homeless shelter and have the experience with you. And if we can really get these generations talking together, I have a lot of people who go through my 100-day challenge, the mom and the daughter go through it. So they're both decluttering the same areas of the house at the same time, and then they're having the conversations about, what they really do and don't want. And they're talking about the stuff and, and taking out the, you don't value me part of the conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that. Tell me more about the hundred day challenge. So the hundred day challenge, the 40 weeks, one whole house challenge has gone on five years. And that's based on the American school year, middle-aged mom going through her house, organizing her house based on the school year. And what I found was <laughs> I have a really large audience and a lot of them don't have children or their children have left and they're tired of me talking about kids. So I took the 40 weeks, one whole house challenge and I put it down into 100 days. What would any house all around the world have and want to get organized in 100 days, not talking about spouses, not talking about kids. Like if a woman wanted to organize her house in Australia, would it work for her? And it would also work for someone in California. And so it just talks about organizing the kitchen, master bedroom, closet, garage, storage areas, areas that everyone has in their house, whether they're in a condo or a house and is not kid related. It's a 15 minute daily task with a two minute video and you get a printable checklist. And it just takes you through organizing. At the end of 100 days, you've gone through your house. Now here's the caveat. <laughs> I say you have to go through your house three times. And if you really think about when you organize, like even when you organize your digital calendar, when you organize your business, when you organize anything, the first time through, you just declutter like crazy. Like you just get rid of stuff. If you have family members, they're afraid you're going to declutter them because you're just right. like black bags are going out. They're going out. The second time you go through the 100 day challenge, then you really go, okay, I have what I like now. 
Now, what would be a better system to put in with this? And then years three and on, or the third time you go through it and on is maintenance. I mean, organization is a journey. It's never a destination. You're always going to have to maintain what you start. So it, it's a three time cycle. So once you buy it, you have it like for a lifetime. Got it. All right. This is good. This is good stuff. So we, uh, we've given people a couple different examples of how they can apply this in their lives. I would love to hear um, what's on the other side of getting organized. What are the changes that you see in people or um, in their lives when they go through this process? Because I think for a lot of people, it's something that they just don't make time to do or they don't make a priority because maybe they don't see the full scope of what is available on the other side of actually tackling these things. So tell us a little bit about that, Lisa. Yeah, that's so good. I just did my reader survey and, you know, the number one reason why people are not organized is because they don't have enough time. And I always say that you have the time, you're just afraid. You're really afraid that if you invest the time in getting organized and you don't get organized again, because nothing else has ever worked, that it was a waste of time. So that's the number one reason I see that people don't get organized is because they don't feel they have time. But then when they really do it, like when they really go ahead and get started. And like, just even with the Sunday basket, cause 80% of my audience ends up making a Sunday basket. And they're like, I don't have the time. I don't want to do it. And then they start to make the Sunday basket and they come back two or three weeks later and they go, Oh, you know, this, this kind of makes sense. And by week six, they're like, why did I not start this 18 months ago when I first heard about it? Cause it always takes them 18 months to make a basket because they think it won't work. Like there's no way you could put all the paper in there and it'll work. Once it works, they're like, I never look for papers anymore. And the more organized you get, you stop looking for things. So after I got finally organized again, because I was a hot mess for a while, I finally got organized again. I had gotten money out of the ATM, like $600. We were going somewhere and I couldn't find it. Like my house is totally organized. I could not find it. So when I lose something, it's like lost, lost now. What happened was I had put it in a laundry basket and I had nested the laundry baskets together and the money was in between the laundry baskets. It took me a week to find it. But once you're organized, you don't lose stuff anymore. Right. And if you do, it's hard to find it. So I, I have made the transition from accumulation to survival and my house is totally organized. And my business is totally organized. Now what happens is you end up bored. Like <laughs> I have time. Like you have time that you don't know what to do with. Cause in the past I would just tackle an organizing project or I would reorganize my business again. And like, they're all organized. So I go for walks with my husband and our dog and we go out to eat and I go to the movies with the kids. Like, like I have a life. Yeah. Wow. I think there's a lot of people listening today that could stand to enjoy some more free time to get to enjoy with their family or just relax or just not have to have something um, that they have piled up in front of them. I think for a lot of us, we always feel like, you know, when you're not busy with the business, then there's the kids. And when there's not the kids, there's the house. And when there's not the house, there's, you know, this. And it and it just goes in a, in a cycle of uh, there's always something waiting for you. And I think that getting this one area under control can definitely have a positive impact on just your overall outlook and feeling of overwhelm um, in your life. And I think that's overwhelm is a word that I hear from entrepreneurs quite a bit. Um, it's something we talk a lot about on the show, obviously, because it's there's like a never ending to do list. But I think that this is one of those things that if you can minimize how much time and energy needs to be spent um, constantly 
sorting through things and trying to find things and putting your hands on things and you know even I know for me like when areas of the house are organized when you see them it's like you can take a deep breath and feel good and comfortable and relaxed if you walk by something and you see that it's a mess it's like instantly you well up with feeling like stress and anxiety right yeah and I think you know to relate it back to the business owner as you've been in business so I'm approaching my five-year anniversary last year I did a lot of decluttering in my business like I deleted half of my blog posts I deleted 70% of my Pinterest boards like I went through and I decluttered all of that too, because in the process of building your own business as an entrepreneur, you really start to refine and hone in on what your message is. And you need to take some time and go back and those first blog posts that you wrote maybe need to be rewritten or combined or, so this is in every area of life that you end up doing this decluttering and organizing and really refining your mission and your message. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So I I think my challenge for everyone listening today is to not only take your advice, Lisa, and just start with the Sunday basket. I'm going to start with the Sunday basket. I think that's a great, simple, easy place to start. Um, And and then, you know, obviously tackle the bigger projects from there. But also I think decluttering in our businesses is so incredibly important for success because the less that you have to focus on, the more and better you're going to do with the things that you are focused on. And I think that – Many times there's the inclination to think that the more you focus on, the more successful you will be, when in fact exactly the opposite is true. The more focus you have on the less quantity of items, the more successful you'll be all around. So I think that this applies, you know, wholly, not just in our businesses, but also in our lives. Absolutely, 100%. Great. So Lisa, what are some resources that you have available or a great way for any listeners to get in touch with you to learn more? So if you go to organize365.com slash start, you'll be able to see all the resources right there that we've mentioned during this interview. Awesome. Okay, great. And I know you mentioned three or four excellent places that people can get started and ways that they can start tackling this. So thank you so much for being a fantastic guest today, Lisa. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you, Kelly. I've been wanting to be on your show for a long time. I enjoy all of your episodes and I love listening. All right, great. Well, we're excited to have you. So for all of my listeners, take action. Pick one thing that Lisa talked about today and get started now so that you can enjoy less clutter, less stress, and more fulfillment and freedom in your life. Lisa, thanks for being on the show. And to all of my listeners, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.